So in chapter number one, we'll stick with that, okay? We've worked on down through here, and we stomped, uh, whereby giving unto us exceeding great and precious promises. In verse five, uh, we said, beside this, giving all diligence. And uh, that's where we started in remembering to be fruitful in the present. And so in chapter number one, it's all about knowing. And one thing he wants us to know is not to lose sight of the fact in the midst of our suffering, we still are expected to be fruitful, right? Some people look at that and we go through the book of First Peter and it was all about how to stay faithful during times of suffering, uh, how to treat others and various things like that. But mainly it was how to endure suffering. And when you're tried, you shall come forth as gold and uh, all of those things that God helps the sojourning uh, pilgrims and strangers deal with suffering in this strange land that we're in. Uh, but now he comes to Second Peter and he says it's a whole lot more the Christian life is not just enduring to the end, right? Well, because of COVID, we're not doing this. Because of this, we're not, because we're suffering, because I don't feel good, I'm not going to do this. Uh, see, uh, what he's wanting to exhort us in Second Peter to say, yes, you're suffering. Yes, the world hates your guts. Yes, you, there could be a time they try to kill you. Yes, there's, uh, there could be, God forbid, uh, we could get that maniac. Uh, uh, I think he's about the most craziest uh, man that I've ever had the unfortunate privilege to hear open his mouth may become president. That may happen. And then his equally psychotic cohort, uh, woman, may get right in, in there beside him. I don't know what's going to happen. I pray not, but it might happen. And in the midst of all of that, they're going to come after our freedom. They're going to try to turn this. They're going to attack you to death. They're going to they're attack the churches. They're going to attack religious freedoms. They're going to attack your Bible. They're going to try to promote sodomy and gay marriage. It's going to go back to oh, it's all we ever heard under Obama was all about equal rights and all about sodomy. And I, that's all they did the agenda they have pushed. And that's what they're going to do again. And in the midst of all of that, don't just endure. Don't just get through it and waiting for Jesus to come. Be fruitful in the middle of that. That's what he's saying here. So that you can abound more in the knowledge. You are, you are founded upon the knowledge and came into the knowledge of the truth. And now as you increase in knowledge, be fruitful in that knowledge. Do something with what you're learning. Right? Don't be a hearer only. You're not wise to do that. Young people put actively put into practice what you hear preach and what you're taught, right? It goes good for all of us. These young people take my attention a lot because they're down here, and I like you being down here, but I don't mean to leave anybody else out. We're all expected to be fruitful even in times of suffering, and that's difficult. I do good enough if I can just make it through it without slapping anybody, Right? I feel like I've won a great victory if I've made it through without screaming at somebody, right? It's one good thing about my voice going out. I have to save it for preaching, and I can't scream at anybody at home. And I don't know how to parent without screaming, Brother Reed. No, I'm kidding. But seriously, uh, in the midst of all this suffering, we're expected to be fruitful. So, yes, you're going to go through things, and people are going to mistreat you, and the world's going to hate you, and, and you're going to uh, seemingly, towards as we get closer to the end, more and more are going to be departing from the faith. So they went out from us because they were not all of us, right? Because if they were of us, they would yet still remain. And so we're going to deal with, the, uh, with an apostasy, uh, with those that are going after false, uh, uh, false religions are going to abound. Uh, wolves are going to enter in. They're going to draw people out of 
of our churches, and they're going to, all those things are going to happen. And the, the true church of God is not, the Bible said, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. But we may be low in number, right? It may just happen. A lot of churches are that you go around to that are going to stand for any kind of conviction and standard. Now, a lot of them will blow up if they just let you live any way you want to, right? But if you try to stand on the Bible, you're not going to be very popular in 2020. Somebody say amen. Amen. And so that's just some of the things that may going to happen. But that's not, that doesn't mean we just kick our heels back and put it in cruise control and just wait for Jesus to come. No, that means we step up our game. That means we give more. We may have to give more to make up for those that said they were going to be with us, but they left us. And we're just going to give more of ourselves, more of our time, more of our money. We're going to just do more for Jesus. We're going to abound in fruit in all of this knowledge. We don't just want to gain a bunch of knowledge and get puffed up, right? That's what he's warning against. So you're going through this suffering, going through these times, and I want to write to you again now, and I, 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 I've got you to see how to endure temptation and how to be a good soldier of Jesus and stay in the battle and don't quit. But there's a whole lot more to it than just not quitting, friend. I want to, I want to give you a great uh, uh, praise and, and give honor where it's due. There's many of you that I, I'm telling you, you've been through some battles. Some of you have maybe even been at other churches. You've been through some battles. It's amazing. It's a miracle you even go to church anymore as much stuff as you've been through. And that's wonderful and that's great. But I'm going to tell you, the expectation of God's a lot higher than that. It's not just enduring to the end. It's abounding in fruit through all of those seasons. So when you're suffering, you still got to be fruitful. That's what, he, that's what he's teaching us here. So you increase and abound in this knowledge. And he said, be diligent in it. So we're going to make it through this time, these trials, this suffering that God's allowed to come into our life. But we're not just going to just barely make it by the skin of our teeth. No. We're going to not only make it, we're going to be fruitful. We're going to be profitable in it, right? And so he said, be diligent, all diligence to add to your faith. That's your responsibility. We can make you young people come here. I can. My, I'm thinking myself. But most of you parents, you, got, you can make your kid come whether they want to or not. Can I get an amen out of some of you daddies? I've got, a, I've got a leather belt that'll beat you into submission. No, I'm kidding. But right, we can make you come. We can force you to come. But I cannot force you to take the knowledge of this Bible. You can sit there the entire time. And friends, you can be the same way, not just young people. You can come, but you can so be, let things come into your life and you're offended at something that I said or you're offended at something somebody else said. And you can just get to a place where you're there, but you're getting nothing. Right? Am I right? And so that's a dangerous time. So we can force you to come, but I can't force you to add to your faith virtue and knowledge. You've got to do that. No parent in here can make their child. No, no, none of us. I can't make my wife do it. I can't make my children. She can't make me. Uh, every personal, uh, every person in here has the responsibility to add some things to their faith. And the very first thing you said is virtue, high moral excellence, right? And I, I talked about that consistent, habitual uh, uh, thing um, uh, that. And, and adding virtue. And then he goes on to the second thing, and he said, add to your virtue knowledge. Am I right? Read it. Are you there? Second Peter chapter number one, verse number six, five. Virtue knowledge. Give me the next one. Temperance. 
Okay, so he said, the first thing I want you to do is, okay, that's great. You've gotten saved. Hallelujah. Glory to God for that. But don't stop there. I want you to add to that faith now. I want you to add virtue. Habitually begin uh, to have a virtuous character. I want people to, to, uh, to see you in high moral excellency in all areas of your life and all that stuff. And then he said, add knowledge. Through that, you're never going to stop adding knowledge. So add knowledge uh, to that. Uh, to that. And, then, and then the next thing he said, what? Temperance? Now, what he means here, let me just read you this, and uh, I've just got a couple of minutes. And so he said, add to your virtue knowledge, verse number six, uh, excuse me, and the end of verse five, and to virtue, add knowledge. And so then add to knowledge in verse six, add temperance. And so um, the word temperance here uh, means uh, patience. It means self, excuse me, it means uh, self-control. And if there's ever been a day uh, where we need some temperance in our life, it's in the last days. Because what is the last days also categorized by? Incontinence, right? People have no ability to control themselves. They're completely out of control. Sexually, morally, they're completely out of control. People are out of control. Right? Lost people are completely out of control. They have no ability to keep themselves in any sense of any kind of direction. They're tossed to and fro. They're running everywhere. They're, 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 they're literally people going crazy. Now, how many times I've heard that said? People are crazy in these. How many times have you heard that? See, many of you heard that a lot. And from people, I'm thinking you're a little bit touched. <laughs> But even they're realizing that the people, you know what I'm saying? They're crazy. Their people are crazy. God's people should not be categorized by the inability to control ourselves. Right? That's not the mark of a Christian. He's going to talk about false prophets. He's going to say, having eyes full of adultery, unable to cease from sin. That's not the mark of a saved man. I'm going to need a few more amens out of that. Amen. That's not a good mark of a Christian. Because he just said, whose divine power has given you everything that pertains to life and godliness. Right? That don't mean you don't struggle every single day. But he said, now therefore, let not sin reign. Let it have no more. That's not what should be reigning in your life. Is sin should not be reigning in your mortal bodies any longer. Why? Because you're dead to sin. You are alive through Jesus. Walk like it. Right? And so you should have the ability to control yourself. Young man, you should have the ability, if you get alone with a woman, you should have uh, 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 the ability, uh, the, if you are going to be in a position to be alone with her, you, you should have the ability to control yourself. But I'm going to give you a hit here. You probably don't. Amen. And so what you got to do, here's where the self-control comes in. The self-control would kick in to say, I'm not going to get myself into a position where I know I could be alone with her. Right? Same thing I do. I don't have meetings with no women in this church without my wife or somebody else around. Regardless of my intentions or hers, it doesn't matter. Right? We're going to cut off the possibility. Cut yourself off. Right? That'll help you in your Christian life. Because you might find the flesh is not as easy to control as you thought it was. Right? So you push yourself in position. Always have somebody with you. All those things. You young people here preach that. Always go in company. We don't just, you know, go get out alone and stuff like that. Have people with you and that'll help keep you honest and keep you, you know, most of the time. Uh, ought to keep you pretty straight. And uh, so having the ability to control yourself. Having self-control. Have you ever seen people? You have to walk around eggshells on them because at any minute they're going to blow up and go off on everybody. Right? 
and you feel like you can't be around them. They can't because they're, they're un, they have no ability to just control themselves. They just fly off at the handle, scream at everybody. People like that make me nervous, right? No, we ought to have self-control, right? Well, I'm having a bad day. Well, boo-hoo. Take a number and get in line. Everybody had a bad day today. It depends on what you're measuring it by. I'm not with Jesus. It's a pretty bad day. Right? <laughs> so, I mean, depending on what you're measuring it by, anybody of us can have had a bad day. So, uh, no excuses. You ought to have some self-control. Right? Don't fly over the handle and start beating your kids and start going, like, hey, you ought to have some self-control. Care if you're upset or not. God's liable to smack you around a little bit. Amen. Self-control. I said, people are unable to control themselves in this day. So I want you to add to your faith, I want you to be diligent. I want you to act, to, the most active endeavor in your life is to grow in the Christian faith. Not make money, not be successful in business, though I want you to. Then I want you to tithe on it, here. But then, <laughs> I'm kidding, but I'm not kidding, okay? Now, seriously, be diligent to add to your faith. Add virtue, add knowledge, and then he said add temper. You, you need to work on controlling yourself, sir, ma'am. Well, I just can't help it. When I, when I, get, out, when I get out and I see uh, people and I, and I see uh, ladies dressed in a certain way, you, my friend, need to learn how to control yourself, right? And if you can't, here's some self-control you can have. Stay home and don't go around it, Right? There's some shows on TV that you're just not going to be able to watch, right? Have some self-control. Well, I just can't help myself when I get on the internet. You, you need some self-control, my friend. And so if you can't self, be self-controlled while you're sitting there alone in your bedroom on it, then go out in the living room in front of everybody else and, you'll help, and that'll help you control yourself. Right? There's some things you can do to put in some practice. I'm trying to give you young people some practical things. We shouldn't have to do that. If you're alone by yourself and don't nobody know anything, then you're going to be a lot more apt to do something you shouldn't do. You get out in front of everybody, and it'd be a whole lot, it'd be a whole lot better to have some accountability, right? Self-control. self-control. But I know myself well enough I can't control myself in this situation, but I can control my situation, but I can control myself before I get in that situation. That's still self-control, Right? So add to your faith, add virtue, add temperance, add knowledge, add temperance, and then it's going to say patience. Uh, verse number six, uh, just these last two, uh, patience and godliness. And so add temperance and then add patience. And I've got other verses. We just don't have time tonight. Uh, able to endure when trials come. So patience is not uh, sometimes uh, what we think that it is, but, uh, um, and, and this takes time, and some of you uh, have a whole lot more patience than you think uh, because when these trials come, you don't kick out. You're able to endure and keep being faithful right through it. Who would have ever thought you would have made it through what you've made it through? Hey, say amen to that. I would have never dreamed I'd be able to put up with some of the things I've been able to put up with. I thought, sure as the world, I would hog tie somebody to the back of my truck and drag them down the road before I ever let them talk to me the way some people talk to me. But you know what? I've been able to endure it. You know why? Because I know I deserve a whole lot worse than what they're probably saying. Right? I got a pretty good proper view of myself. 
And so just have that, have that in your life. And so he said, add temperance, add knowledge, and I'm trying to work through these quick, and add patience. And so, and the only way to do that and add patience to your life is just keep on keeping on. So you won't learn to be patient and endure trials when they come if you run from them. You can't run from them, right? People have a tendency when things go wrong in a church, they just want to run over here where things are going good. Well, what are you going to do when you get over there and things start going bad, right? Stick with it. God will teach you patience. Learn to endure during those times. And so add patience. And the last thing, add godliness. Add godliness into your life. And uh, this, this continues on so long as we're saved. Uh, this is something that we'll do. I'm just going to read you this, and I won't go home tonight because I took a little longer this morning. Holiness, God-likeness, it involves our worship, the worship of God and Christian obedience. And um, we, we kind of know it, this, is, this is all things that, uh, uh, th- uh, that pertain to the character of God. We should, we should resemble God in our character. So as God reveals things in our life and puts his finger on things, I think I preached about this not long ago, and God reveals something in your heart uh, that shouldn't be there, and then you actively, okay, Lord, I see that. Thank you for letting me see uh, that maybe I'm not giving my wife the attention that she needs, or whatever it is in your life that God's put his finger on. And you say, okay, Lord, forgive me for that. And then you get up the next day and you start actively trying to work towards reflecting God's character because you know what? God doesn't, uh, God doesn't take you for granted, right? Is there anybody in here that God just decides uh, not to be good to you today? No. That God just had a bad day and he didn't really want to put up with you so he decided not to listen to you today? Now, some of you men have done that. I've never done that, but uh, you know, God doesn't ever do that. Right? And so we should reflect his character. We should, we should be at a place in our life where we should reflect godliness, godly character, and godlikeness. And we've got to do brotherly kindness because I, I really don't want to. And to brotherly kindness, um, uh, and to godliness, add brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, charity. And so let me just mention this because I've preached several of these before. But this is affection for a brother in Christ. And I wrote down that verse, um, as you have therefore opportunity, do good unto all men, but especially those of the household of faith. There ought to be a special connection between you and other saved people, right? And if you're going to neglect anybody, it, let it be the world and, it, and not let it be God's people, right? Here's, we, we ought to have a great love for God's church and his people. And we ought to have some brotherly kindness. God doesn't want us mistreating each other. You, some, you young ladies look up here at me. God is not pleased with us mistreating each other. Right? Now, young men do it, but they seem to get over it pretty quick. Young ladies have a special tendency to really want to get back at each other. I want to exhort you. This, I know it says brotherly, and it's not, but it's talking about all Christian, all Christian. We ought to be kind to one another. Why would you want to mistreat somebody? Right? That's what it's getting to. Why would you want to make somebody feel like they're not accepted? Why would you want to make somebody feel like they're not good enough for you? Or why would you want to make somebody feel like you're better than them? Why would you want to do that? That's not brotherly kindness. Right? Be kind. I've never seen people so hateful sometimes. I love you, but it blows my mind. As a lost man, I don't think I was that mean to people. Just mean. I don't know how you get by with treating people that way. Throw in some kindness. Don't die. Come on, everybody. Get with me here. How about some kindness? Hey, what y'all did for me today, you know what that was? Brotherly kindness. That thrilled my heart. Brotherly kindness. Just do something kind for your brothers and sisters in Christ. Right? Have you ever heard we're done? You ever heard your mom and dad say things like, 
You know, my mom and daddy always taught me this about, my brother said, it's the only brother you ever have. You better love your brother. You better love your sister. It's the only brother and sister you ever had. And they always are exhorting me to be, you better be extra good to your brothers and sisters. So my brother got the speech when I entered high school and he was already there. You better watch out for your little brother. That's the only little brother you got, right? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Can I say that same thing about the person sitting on the pew with you tonight? Now, I'm not talking about other churches. I know there's a universal, there's, there's Christian brothers all around. But can I say about the person sitting on the pew with you if they're saved? They're your brother and sister in the Lord. And in a sense, they're the only one you got. In a sense. Right? I know there's other. I'm just practically, this is our family. Treat them with some kindness. Watch out for them. Take care of them. Right? Brotherly kindness. And you add to all of that, add charity. We don't even have time to start there. But add charity. Actively work on these things in your life. That's what God wants. Add entire faith. Lord, thank you so much for our folks. I thank you for the good testimony service. I especially thank you for these young people. They've really thrilled my heart. They've made it. I, I know that this may sound wrong, Lord. We come for you. But that, that, they have really made it worth coming tonight. Just hear them uh, testify and thank their parents and uh, those that love them and, and to love one another and grow closer together. And Lord, that's an answer to prayer. Thank you for hearing our prayer. Continue to work on all of our hearts. Help us as parents to do the same thing, to have brotherly kindness, love each other, and add virtue and temperance and patience and godliness and all the things that we should be adding to our faith. Help us to grow in the midst of this terrible time in our country. We love you. Uh, protect our people. we got many that are going on vacation, many that aren't here tonight, some sick. I pray for them. And Lord, you'd watch over them. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Stand to your feet. We'll have a verse. If you need to come, you come on. Just mind the Lord. Brother Eaton.